0: Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Laura Hosid about choosing a college through a Jewish lens.
1: And there are a lot of campuses that have both a Hillel and a Chabad, and, you know, students get involved in both. You know, they kind of serve different purposes, and they both have a lot of free food. Um...
0: This is the College Scoops podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members and even a College Scoops care package. Laura Hosett is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and the New York University School of Law. As an independent educational consultant at Vinick EPS, Laura has guided hundreds of high school students through the college admissions process since 2012, after seven years of work in higher education and a brief career as a practicing lawyer. Before coming to Vinick EPS, Laura worked at the Georgetown University Law School, where she served as an associate director of the Office of Career Services. An active member of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, Laura presents at national conferences about college admissions issues and has been featured on MSNBC and CNBC and in the Washington Post and the Washington Jewish Week. Originally from Baltimore, Laura currently lives in Rockville, Maryland with her husband and three daughters and is co-president of the Parent Association at the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School. Laura recently started a blog and newsletter, Campus Chi Lights, to focus on issues relevant to Jewish families in the college search. Welcome to the College Scoops podcast, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. We've been following each other and you've been a supporter of College Scoops for a long time. So first off, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And it's now so nice that I can see you. We've always been talking on the phone. Hopefully we'll be in person. and I can come and visit at one of these stages, but I'll take this first.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So today we wanted to talk about, we're all about social fit and I love you're an educational consultant. You have a wonderful newsletter and website, Campus Highlights. And can you share a little bit about how that came to be and what inspired you to start that?
1: Jewish life has always been a big part of my personal life. Just, you know, I was raised Jewish. I'm involved in the Jewish community. My kids go to a Jewish day school. And so it was always sort of a personal interest on the side of my professional life. Given that I work with a lot of clients through word of mouth and there's a large Jewish population in my area, I tend to work with a lot of Jewish clients. And so... At some point, I had always thought of marrying the two personal and, and professional interests and doing something to help this client base, because I felt like there was something missing. There's a lot of information out there. For more religious Jewish families and students, they know what they need. They need to have a daily minion. They need to have kosher food. There's a limited set of schools that offer that, and they pretty much know where they are. On the opposite extreme, there's you know students where it's not really a big part of their search, but there's this big middle population that I felt like could be better served. When I was looking at colleges, there was a book that told you how many Jewish students are at each school and the percentage, and that still exists. It's a wonderful, wonderful resource. It's the Hillel Guide to Colleges. You can find it online, but I felt like it's important to look a little deeper than that because the same number of Jewish students or the same percentage of Jewish students looks very different on different campuses. And so my goal is to sort of provide some nuance and color to those numbers so that families get a sense of what does it mean that 10% of the population is Jewish, looks very different at a 2000 person school versus a
0: 30,000 person
1: school. It's going to look very different. So the numbers don't always tell the whole story.
0: Absolutely. And I can relate in a sense that I went to a Jesuit university mm-hmm. and I just had my college roommates in town for a reunion weekend. And it was really interesting when we were talking about the college search, when we were looking for our family, it was just my dad went to a Jesuit university and that was you know his thing, but it wasn't something that he insisted that I only look at schools from a Jesuit Dominican background, but it was interesting. Some of my college roommates, that was very much at the forefront, and that's what their families makes up their entire personal life, their mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything that they stand for. So Laura, you were a lawyer beforehand. I was. <laughs> okay, so how does one make that transition? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it that. Was a- tell me your story.
0: <laughs> It was a multi-step
1: process. I did not really enjoy practicing in a law firm. Not for everybody. It wasn't for me. And I just, you know, I did a lot of sort of exploring as to what I wanted to transition to. And I somehow landed on career counseling and working in law school administration and decided this was something that I wanted to pursue. And so I you know, made that transition gradually and spent a lot of years working mostly at Georgetown Law School as a career counselor for law students, and I was also at the same time actively involved for the University of Pennsylvania. I did their alumni interviewing, and I was the coordinator for Montgomery County. You know, when I, I guess, was after I had my first child and started thinking about what my next steps were going to be, I realized, you know, identified all the things I loved about my job, which was, you know, working with students and counseling students. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of transferable skills, the same, you know, prepping students for interviews and helping them figure out what their career path is going to be and helping them with their resumes and cover letters, a lot of transferable skills to college counseling. And I was fortunate enough to connect with my mentor over, and that's been almost 10 years this month. And he taught me everything I needed to know about colleges. And, and that's how I made the switch. And it's been exactly 10 years. Wow.
0: I think that students, that's so important, too, when you're working with students to see that and to learn about your background, to know that people at different stages, you may go to school, law school, and you train as a professional in the, in the legal world. And then all of a sudden you make that switch and you're like, wait a minute, there's some transferable skills. I now can go and help and work at a university and help their undergraduates pursue a law degree, but you're also taking like different skill sets from one job to the next job and pivoting and knowing that that's just developing certain skill sets stronger so that you can help the next group. And you're always working with students. So that's wonderful. I mean, it's like you have to really yeah. like it and be good at it.
1: I do. I, <laughs> it's I like not easy.
0: <laughs> Law school no, admissions and college admissions. What do you like about the undergraduate world versus the graduate?
1: The main difference, I will say, is how involved the parents are. You know, when you're working with law students, the parents aren't really as much a part of the equation. So that's Absolutely. been, you know, a different, different world to navigate. But I love it. I love, and I love visiting schools. And so I love having resources like College Scoops to help me. You know, I it's, that's the fun part of my job. I've really, missed during COVID. And I'm excited to get back to start visiting schools and, you know, checking out all the fun places to
0: see and eat. Can you share a little bit about Hillel just to give people who don't know about that resource guide, kind of like Mm -hmm. what it is and how it came to be?
1: You know, it is an organization that is on 550 college campuses. Most colleges that you're going to be looking at are going to have some sort of Hillel chapter. And, you know, it varies in how large they are and whether they have a rabbi on staff or whether it's, you know, just a staff person or whether it's just a student organization. At some schools, it's a huge building with a large staff and at others, it's, you know, just kind of like a room in the interfaith center. And so it varies, but it's there to connect Jewish students to their faith. And, you know, it's not solely a religious organization. They do, you know, host religious services and observe holidays, but they also have a lot of social events and social justice and you know trips to Israel and professional networking and it's just all kinds of activities and ways to connect Jewish students to other Jewish students really Um, and they're welcoming you know that's not exclusive to Jewish students you know I'll frequently hear from students will say yeah my you know I bring my non-Jewish roommates to you know stuff at Hillel and it's a good way to expose you know other people who may not have as much experience with Jewish life.
0: Absolutely. And does it also connect with the community? Do you know, uh, is it specific to students only like there's certain organizations that obviously are to the students and then there's others that would connect to the greater community at large, the surrounding community?
1: I mean, I think Hillel is pretty focused on campus, although they certainly do, you know, a lot of community service in the community and depending on the size of the school and the Jewish population, you know, I know of students where the Hillel will connect them with local synagogues to go for services and things. And so, you know, I do think they're very much involved in their local communities, but they are designed as far as I know, just to serve students on campus.
0: So you talked about too, when you look at numbers and populations and like, you could look at that as one factor in the whole college search process, but that doesn't tell you everything as we know, numbers are just there, yeah. but it's more like how actively engaged students exactly. are and the different levels of offerings that those particular clubs will have, events that they will run, or how many students are really active. Cause we know if it's, A lot of places have 500 clubs. Well, what does that mean? How often do they meet? What do they do? So how do you find that information and go from there when you guide? Yeah, the best way is always just to talk to people.
1: And I found that, you know, when I visit colleges, I will often contact someone at Hillel and just say, you know, I'm coming, I'm doing a college tour next Thursday. Is there anyone available to talk to me? Could I stop by? And, you know, usually I would say always, I've never had anyone not be excited to have us come. And if they are not receptive to that. Well, maybe that tells you something about the school. They're usually really excited to have prospective students, or in my case, a counselor, but families come and they'll talk to you. Maybe they'll, you know, I've even had people give me like an informal tour when I haven't been able to make an official tour. And, you know, they really want to tell you what they have to offer. And, you know, you can you can hang out at the building and just see what it's like. Like, are there students hanging out there? What kind of activities do they have coming up that week? I follow, and this is one of the things I do in my newsletter, I follow a lot of the Hillels on Instagram and I'll post like screenshots in my newsletter every month of like, here's some things that are happening on different Hillel's on campus just to see, you know, they're having guest speakers and they're having yoga and they've got all kinds of like Jewish acapella groups and all kinds of things that are not what you necessarily think of when students are like, oh no, I'm not going to go to, you know, I don't need to go to Shabbat services. I don't do that at home. I'm not going to do that at college, but you know, it's more than that. It's a, it's a way for Students to get involved and get connected, and and I do think there's different levels of observance. There are like, as I mentioned, the Orthodox students who, you know, that's a different population than the conservative, the reform. There's people on all ends of the spectrum, and I will often tell students sort of my own personal story is that I went to University of Pennsylvania, which is a you know has a very sizable Jewish population. I never went to Hillel. I don't think I went to Hillel once. I grew up. I went to a Jewish day school. I had grew up in a very Jewish area. There were so many Jewish students at Penn that I never, one, felt the need to go to Hillel, and two, it was you know, there was a very observant population and that that wasn't my background. I didn't necessarily feel as comfortable. So I joined a Jewish sorority and that was my kind of outlet for that.
0: I'm just thinking back to my college days as well. My parents were amazed that I was able to get through four years of a Jesuit institution without having a priest as a professor. They're like, how is that possible? Like, you're the only one who probably did that. To your point, there were opportunities for people to continue to go to mass if they were going to go to mass. If they had Bible study, they could do that. So depending upon your comfort level and what you wanted to engage in, but knowing that that community is there, those families and students have come from backgrounds that are similar to yours, provides a kind of level of security and comfort, right?
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I will also tell students, you know, if I had gone to a smaller school or a school with a smaller Jewish population... I probably would have gotten very involved and been, you know, on the board of the Hillel. It's just, there were so many opportunities at Penn for Jewish students to get involved in different ways that that wasn't something that I needed, but I, you know, I knew it was there. And I I often went home for holidays because I was, you know, two hours or so away in Baltimore, but when I didn't, I knew there were services I could go to. And I knew there were, you know, I got involved through some sort of Holocaust education committee where I taught at local Hebrew schools in the Philadelphia area. And so there were just so many different ways to get involved, and I'm not sure I you know, actively considered that when I was looking at schools, but if I had, I would have been really excited about it. I try to help students really think about what they, and to the extent that they know, many of them just don't know, but think about, okay, how far are you from home? Are you going to be able to come home for Passover? And if not, are you going to want to make sure that you're at a campus that has opportunity for you to participate in a Seder. So just sort of thinking about things like that.
0: And I love in your newsletter, you know us, we're all about food. So I I loved in terms of, it was bagel day, right? Recently. And it was like highlighting all the different places on different campuses. That's another way I I always say you gather with family and friends around the table, the Mm -hmm. kitchen. And that's where, you know, some of your fondest memories are and you develop really long lasting relationships. And it's kind of you know, come together too, all different backgrounds. And it's a very rich conversation. And that's what I think brings a lot of people together is food. So I, I love how yeah. you highlight that as well. So what are some things that you would advise students or families? I know you said with students, it's a great point, always reaching out one trying to visit the school walking around. And I, I love mm-hmm. your comment about hanging outside of a particular hello, just to watch people come in and just observe are those are yeah. my people. Those are people I would want to study with. Any type of other suggestions that you would offer to students? And then also you have a parent segment.
1: Well, I do want to also say that Hillel is not the only Jewish organization on campus. It is certainly the most well-known and the largest. And, you know, it's amazing. There's also Chabad is another organization that I also looked up today is on 260 campuses. And there are a lot of campuses that have both a Hillel and a Chabad. And, you know, students get involved in both you know, they kind of serve different purposes and they both have a lot of free food, um, which is always
0: that's feeling. always a big thing yep. with students. If they have free uh, food, we're going to go and just tour all different places. Exactly. Classes.
1: But there's Kabat and there's social justice based organizations like Chala for Hunger is a, a big one where they're, you know, I, where it actually started, but it's on a lot of campuses now. And they bake Chala together as an activity. And then I believe they sell it, and the proceeds go to help, you know, food insecure organizations and things like that. And as I mentioned, things like acapella groups and other organizations that are not just, again, Hillel's amazing. But it's not the only place. But as far as your, you know, your back to your actual question about, you know, what else can students do, you know, and if you can't visit, you can talk to people, you know, you can reach out to people and have a conversation with them through phone or text or email or zoom, whatever, just to sort of get a sense for what the Jewish life is like there. As I said, following them on social media, just to get a sense of what types of activities they're having. Those are really the best options. I mean, for students who really do need specific things, like I want to make sure that there is the opportunity to go to a daily minion. You know, I had a student who wanted that last year and there's obvious schools where tons of observant students go, but if you want to branch out from that a little bit, you know, we were looking, okay, well, this school doesn't have enough of an observant population, but there's an Orthodox synagogue that's a 10 minute walk away. Okay. So would that be enough? You know, if you really like this school for other reasons, is that going to be enough of a community for you or not? And you know, if you want kosher food, yes, they have a kosher food option. You can see that on their website, but is it, you know, on the outskirts of campus and you have to go to this building and, you know, or is it part of the meal plan and in the dining hall where you feel like you can be, you know, you're not sort of separated Separated. and you can say, yeah. And is it real food? Or, you know, when I was at all right, I won't name the school, but, um, you know, they said they had kosher food, but it was like box food that they brought in and like, it wasn't very good. And it was, you know, so you want to dig a little deeper to see, you know, beyond what the website says and, you know, other things, sometimes students want to be able to study something related to Judaism, whether it's Hebrew or whether it's Judaic you know, there's all kinds of different academic areas that they might want to focus on, or maybe they just want to be able to take a class. You know, I took a class or two related to Jewish studies, just as a personal interest, but it wasn't something I wanted to major or minor in, but, you know, sort of seeing what's available and and how easy it is to take those classes just, you know, as an extra thing, even if you're not majoring or minoring in that, you know, some birthright, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's an organization that- You know, it's trip trips to Israel that are you know funded by this organization, and a lot of colleges run them. Sort of, so you're you're going with students from your college, which is a really nice way to bond with other Jewish students at your university. And so, seeing you know what's available from that end. There's also you know there's a lot of issues with anti-Semitism and anti-Israel you know BDS movement on a lot of campuses, and so getting a sense of like how prevalent that is and you know it's hard to avoid unfortunately but you know i always say to look at how how is when there is some sort of issue you know some of the issues that have been in the news recently you know for example there was you know a faculty member refused to write reference letter for a student who wanted to study abroad in israel because he didn't support israel and so my question is always how did the administration respond to that because there's always going to be people wherever you go but i think how the administration supports its Jewish students and how it responds to issues like this is is what's important to look at and you know that tends to be a lot of the parent you know you mentioned the parent's questions that's you know a lot of you know reading the news and they're maybe not in the same bubble that their kids are in
0: so they're they're worried absolutely so there's so much there so in terms of with the students too As you said, the social media, I think, is great. And I think that's great for anything because I always say how they treat each other and people from the outside reaching them to Mm -hmm. connect, to engage and ask them questions. Is that a community you you will be proud of to be a Mm -hmm. member of? So I think that's a great point in terms of everything that you mentioned, whether people normally would reach out for sports or arts or theater, reach out to those communities as well. Ask them because most people respond and they want to help. Getting deeper than that question of, yes, you have an organization, but really how active. And then the food. Food is so big because people can say, oh, I don't really need that. But then to your point, if it is a mile away and they have to walk or the bus doesn't take them, the shuttle doesn't take them, how will that impact your daily life? In terms of those community at large and how they handle that, the best way to do that is just looking, again, social media or reaching out to organizations to ask the questions that you have, right? You know, talk to
1: multiple people and talk to students. And, you know, I will often, it's interesting because, you know, we do see back to this, you know, anti Semitism and anti Israel stuff. We'll see a lot of that in the news. And then I'll talk to students on campus and I'll say, you know, what's it? And they're like, no, it's not really an issue. Or, or those, you know, I'll ask, you know, is there ten, there's Chabad, there's Hillel. They're like, no, we go to both. It's great. So I think sometimes, you know, obviously there are a lot of issues, but sometimes they don't make as much of an impact as we think, which is a good thing.
0: Absolutely. But that's only something, again, that you'll only find out from the community at large. And, and so mm-hmm. there's student questions and what they're anxious about. But there's also, as you mentioned, the parents and kind of what their ideas and goals and aspirations are for their son or daughter and making sure that there's opportunities for them to continue to develop and grow from their faith on campus while they're there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes I will ask students, you know, if I if I know that they are Jewish, I'll say, you know, is it important to you to have a Jewish community on campus? And, you know, the kids will be like, no, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care. And I'll say, OK, you know, but, you, you know, you have grown up because most of my clients tend to be local in Montgomery County, Maryland, where they are, you know, people know what the Jewish holidays are and so I'll say you know what if you're gonna be on a campus where your roommates never met a Jewish person before and your professor when you say you have to take the day off for Rosh Hashanah doesn't even know what that is you know like what are you gonna be okay with that and sometimes the answer is yes and that's totally fine
0: but I sometimes you know push them to
1: think a little bit about what that might mean.
0: So in terms of other resources, because that's, I think, the biggest thing, there's so much out there. And like, how do you Mm -hmm. distill Mm -hmm. all that into a meaningful way that you can actually get through without being exhausted? Are there certain schools that you'd highlight and say, yeah, these are really great for certain segments of students, and then Mm -hmm. others that don't necessarily have that strong engagement and offering?
1: It's hard to generalize, right? But a, a lot of the, you know, big, Public flagship universities tend to have a really significant Jewish population. And, you know, we're in Maryland. The University of Maryland is a great option for Jewish students. Most of the larger state universities and a lot of the private schools, too. I mean, they're really, I think when you get to the smaller schools, that's where I think you have to, because sometimes, you know, there needs to be a critical mass before Jewish students start coming. So right there are schools where they just don't have that critical mass catholic schools not surprisingly or you know don't oh some do but mm-hmm. but many do not have much of a jewish population but some do surprisingly so it's, it's really hard to generalize, to be honest. Sometimes it depends on, you know, what parts of the country you're in and where pockets of Jewish populations are located.
0: Do you use the alumni groups? Do you find that that's a really great resource in terms of reaching out? For instance, my son and daughter were involved in like a business fraternity and they have a mm-hmm. na- nationwide one. So that's a great resource. You can go in and, you know, connect and just say, you know, what was your experience? You know, if you could do it mm-hmm. all over again, what would you change or what would you provide in terms of lessons learned? Is that opportunity yeah. out there where I mean at Penn Penn is like okay you could yeah yeah, so no, I mean, people.
1: I, yeah I mean I think talking you know talking to you know other you know Jewish alumni to find out what their experience you know things change obviously but you know, finding out what their experience was on their campus, depending on how long ago it was, can certainly be helpful.
0: Thank you, because I love following Campus highlights, And I love, I think it's so important because, again, when you talk about the academic fit, which you and Vinick, you know, EPS are so good at, and the financial component, but the social fit is really something that you and I are both passionate about, but your particular focus, you know, to help Jewish students really find a place where they will thrive not only in the classroom, but outside of the classroom. I think is, could be overwhelming, not only for students, but also for their parents. So yeah. having that type of resource and having it in a place where you don't have to spend hours and hours on the Internet yeah. Is, yeah. is so important. So we love what you do and we love sharing it with our College Scoops community as well. So we always like to ask two questions of our guests. What do you wish you knew before attending college? I wish that
1: I knew that there were so many resources available to me that I should have taken the initiative to, you know, pursue things like, I mean, I did some of these things, but not as much as I should have, you know, going to professor office hours and going to career services and, you know, just taking advantage of all of the things that are included in your tuition and are there to support you and, you know, enhance your experience and, Maybe, you know, if I had, maybe I wouldn't have ended up going to law school if I had, you know, done a little bit more exploring as to what I wanted to do. All ended up fine. But I think, you know, there are many things I could have taken advantage of. And, you know, when I worked at Georgetown and, you know, I, it would frustrate me that we had these great services to offer in career services. And we just, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't drag kids in. We we tried and, you know, I wish more people would take advantage of what's offered.
0: I mean, you probably even offered free food and it didn't even pull yes, people in. Yeah, <laughs> <So, laughs> we tried. As you went through that, I was laughing because having three kids go through the process. Sometimes I find myself when I'm asking them or encouraging them, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried this? They walk out the room and I laugh to my husband. I'm like, I didn't do any of that when I was at college. Yep. <laughs> and the yep. fact that, you know, here we are as parents, it's kind of hard. In hindsight, there was so much to take advantage of. And I think that's one of the difficulties of the transition from high school to college because there is so much free time and so much out there but it goes by fast if you don't kind of set goals intermediate goals Mm -hmm. to say for this semester I want to get involved in xyz you know before you know it it's junior year and then you're trying to cram in everything senior year before you leave so
1: absolutely um, you
0: and I are the same we could go back maybe for our next degree Laura I would love to (laughs) one of these days (laughs) we're going to go back and be our kids (laughs) yeah We love food. You love food. Do you have a I favorite do. food spot that just would pull you to that campus tomorrow?
1: <laughs> oh, wait. I thought it was dessert. I can food. I, know, I, I love so dessert. Many. I
0: know. I'm I know about um, dessert.
1: Annie, my my colleague and I, we always are looking for the best ice cream. So... We we are always checking out ice cream whenever we visit colleges. So I have many favorites, but I'm gonna pick one and I'll be loyal to my hometown, which is the the charmery in Baltimore. Yes. Which is just a couple minutes off of Hopkins campus. When I went to visit Hopkins with, with colleagues, I dragged them there. But it's just a local Baltimore place and they have all kinds of really, really fun flavors like burger cookie, which is like a Baltimore thing. And so what it's is just, burger it's cookie? It's just fun. So burger cookies are, the, it's just a type of, I didn't know until I went away to Israel, actually, when I was a teenager. And I told a friend, I was like, yeah, I really miss burger cookies. And they were like, what? What's a burger cookie? I didn't know it was a Baltimore thing, but you should, you should get one. They're like these chocolate cream cookie things. And the Charmery has an ice cream version.
0: Okay. So all I'm going to say is you, Annie and I, you'll have to show me. The-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I, 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 I am like... You and I very much sweet tooth, and wherever I go, it used to be I don't know donuts. I never grew up with donuts, but I don't know. I was fixated on that, and my kids called an intervention. They're like, Mom, no one likes donuts. (laughs) Can we pick ice cream? So we do like donuts. No, donuts are good. Yeah, yeah, no, donuts are good. But I think they wanted they were on donut overload, so they're like, can we pick another sweet to kind of like, you know, investigate and explore on college campuses? So. I'm with you on the ice cream front. So I look forward to that visit in person when we go and explore and I get a burger. Yes, charmery. Check out the charmery. I love it. Laura, thank you so much for all your insights and help and love what you do and we'll continue to share all the great things and resources and your newsletter with our community. Fabulous, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura, for talking to us about the importance of Hillels and Chabads on the college campuses. For those in the Jewish community, having a safe space to practice religion and meet other Jewish students is an important part of college life. Hillel's provide many great services, including clubs, luncheons, shabbat services, and many other activities. Laura also provided insightful information on the importance of kosher food and how access to it should be considered when touring college campuses. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at CollegeScoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Laura and Vinick Educational Placement Services on their website at VinicEps.com. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.